y'all came to me tonight and said the ten plagues sang that song and was gonna get a trophy let me do say a word about the trophies if you didn't get the first trophy it's coming the guy that has been doing it sold his business and it's been out of commission for a while but now it's reopened and so the trophies are going to be ordered they already have been for the first one we had so they're coming okay so be patient all right if i say here you say Thank you. 
you go to bed, say the fruits of the Spirit again, right? I want you to say love and ask yourself, do I love like I should? Is there joy or joy like I ought to be? Love, joy, peace. Not peaceful. Love, joy, peace, patient. I'm not patient. I'm not patient. No. I'm not either. So I've got to work on that a whole lot. Love, joy, peace, patience. Are you kind and school to your friends? Kindness? Goodness. Do you do good things for other people? Goodness. And gentleness. And faithfulness. All right. So y'all y'all said that's where you get a man and ask yourself, how am I doing with those things? All right? You better have ask your mom. Maybe she'll tell you the truth too. Okay. All right. How many uh, God said judges? So we're so one brain loving 14 men. They love Israel, fight their battles, let them back to God.
I read about creation and where? Genesis 1. Genesis 1. I read about the flood in Genesis 6 and 7. I read about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. All right. Uh, I read about Joseph being sold by his brothers in Genesis 37. I read about the ten plagues in Exodus what? No. Exodus 7 through 12. All right. There's ten plagues about the middle of that, right? Ten, sort of the middle of 7 and 12. Okay. I read about Hannah in 1 Samuel one. One more. David Potts to lie. First Samuel 17. Let's do these real quick all the way down to there. I read about creation and okay, flood. And 16. Sodom and Gomorrah. 19. Joseph sold by his brother. There's 37. The plagues. Exodus. Okay. The Ten Commandments. Exodus 20. I missed it. I read about Hannah in 1 Samuel what? One. And the last one, David finds to lie. 1 Samuel 15. 17. Okay, 1 Samuel 17. Alright. Let's ask the questions tonight. What is true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when my life is over. What's true failure in life? Living your life and not going to heaven when my life is over. Okay, what's God's ideal for marriage? First of all, we want to uh, welcome all of you to our services tonight. We're very glad that you're here, especially if you're one that's visiting with us. I know it's been a very busy day in many respects, but tonight we have an opportunity uh, to study God's Word. And, of course, the leadership class will continue for our adults here in the auditorium. Uh, it's good to see uh, Linda Beard back with us today. Uh, we're so thankful that she's doing as well as she is and that she is able, to, she was here this morning and that she's able to come back and be with us. Ladies, if you are riding the bus uh, to the ornament exchange tonight, uh, it says we'll leave from the annex after services tonight. Also, I've neglected to mention the fact that if you need to partake of the Lord's Supper, you probably still got time. If you didn't partake this morning, if you'll go right now to the little chapel, uh, you can be served at this time. I'm sorry and I apologize for neglecting to mention that. I believe that's all. No, I don't either. Uh, tomorrow night, I don't know how the parade's going to go about with the rain that's forecast, but right now we're scheduled to serve hot chocolate and cookies uh, in the annex tomorrow night prior to the parade, and cookies are needed. And if you can help out with that in any way, uh, please see Tommy Barragona. 
I do want to remind you that our food pantry will be taking place this week. And uh, instant potatoes are the item. If you would be sure and bring that. And if you would like to come and be a part of that this Thursday from 9 to 1030 uh, and see what's happening and how you can be involved, we'd love to see you on that occasion. Uh, that's all the announcements that I have tonight. Before we have a verse so our teachers can go to class, a verse of a song, please bow with me. Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful for all you do for us. We recognize every blessing, uh, both physical and material as well as spiritual, comes from you. And may we always be gracious and thankful for what you do for us. Father, we're mindful of many that are sick right now that need our prayers. We pray that you would be with them, each one of them. You know their needs, Father, and we pray that those that are taking care of them will do in such a way that they can be restored to their health. And Father, especially this time of the year, there are many who are grieving over the loss of loved ones, and we pray that you would help them and give them the strength that they need. Father, we're again so thankful for the church here that meets at Boonville. We're thankful for our elders when we pray that you would grant them wisdom. We pray for so many here who are involved in your work and building up your cause. Continue to bless the church here. Most of all, Father, we're thankful for your son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross for our sins. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. to see you. Hope you had a wonderful day today. For those of you who made it over to our house, we're, we're just really honored that you stopped by and hope that you got some good snacks and got your ornament. If you didn't get one, we'll, we'll bring our basket over here because we want everybody to have one. Make, what a lot of trouble make all those things. So Don't want to be stuck with all of them. We had a meeting today, uh, Jeremy kind of headed it up. You know, last week I mentioned, boy, we need leaders in, in all facets, but we're talking about how we're moving into an, edge, an age of high technology and all of that. And we need 
you know, we need to lead right through there. And what happens? Next thing you know, we have a tech meeting. So we discussed a lot of things that we're already utilizing, especially as regards our use of the web and social media and things like that. And there are a lot of interesting things in the work, in the works. So just be looking to that. And, and here's something that we talked about. I don't, I don't know how to get this word out generally in the best way. So I just wanted to share it with you that one of the things that we can do, if you're, if you're on Facebook, for instance, and you see some of the videos or things that the church puts out, if you will just like that, it will get more play on the internet. If you will share it, then all of your contacts are going to be touched by that message. And then if just one of them likes it, and they share it, then guess what? All of their friends. You, you see where I'm going here? By degree, just by liking something or sharing it, if you could, that, that'd be terrific. But when you do that, you are expanding the reach of this congregation. And since we have the audacity to think that we could touch the world, then that seems like the simplest thing to do. And by the way, anybody know how much it costs to do that? It's a big fat zero. It's a big fat zero. So for zero dollars, listen to me, isn't this exciting? For zero dollars, we could reach eight billion people. So tick, like, or I just like to love everything. I don't know. That's just me. I just am in love, but love it, like it, and share it. Oh, no, Ken, if I share that, they'll think I'm, what will they think? I just let you deal with that for a second, okay? But that's a simple way, and it's a, it's a zero. So if we're going to use it, we're going to touch the world, then we're all going to have to be involved in one way or another, Okay? Nod your head this way. We will. We will. Okay. Have these sick people. I accumulate this list because I believe in the power of prayer. And we're going to mention these folks. Some of them, I will mention to you, are even here tonight. So that's progress. Irene Baker has terminal cancer. Remember her and her family. She can just have good days. Martha Eaton, she's still in recovery, but she's moving around and doing great. She's with us tonight. Ann Stevens, Don Dawson, both just have uh, poor health. Uh, Dale's uncle, Wade Davis, he's still missing since June 22nd. I can't imagine the family going through these holidays like that, can you? Let's be praying for them. Carolyn Wilcutt's in recovery. Bobby Petty, who's Joe Garrett's friend, has lung cancer. Doug Smith's dad, Kelby, has Parkinson's, and there are a lot of accompanying illnesses along the way. Cody McGee's recovering from foot surgery. Vanessa Williams has leukemia. She's a member at Snowdown. Eric Fitzsimmons has had a setback. He's going to Vanderbilt for some tests. Topper Taylor was here today, and I just I thank God for that, don't you? Because he is suffering while he is here the whole time. 
Larry Kennedy has a mass in his shoulder. He's undergoing some tests. Find out what that is. Cassie Stewart broke her elbow. She's gotten out of the cast, I think, but still very painful, and she's going to have therapy for that. Danny Ramdahl's one of our missionaries. He has kidney failure, stage four. Cheryl Hoffman has severe spinal pain. Linda Beard, been on our list for a while. There you are. How you doing? Good. Well, that's what JT told us like the day after. Uh, but to hear it from you, that yay. And we're so glad you're here. And she's navigating pretty well. So we're just very thankful. God's heard our prayers. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Reed Sparks lost his second leg. Lex Crossan has several health issues. Wynell's not back, so she's still recuperating. Betty Lauderdale fell, broke some ribs. Anybody know how she's progressing? She died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's Todd's. Okay, that, that makes sense to me now. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Pat Cooper, any news? Uh, Dorothy Hester, uh, she's not back with us, but she had fallen, got bruised up. Uh, Joan's sister, Martha's sister, Norma's been having some health problems. Tony Presley has leukemia. Diane wasn't feeling well. There she is. Look at all these people returning, feeling good. Glad that Diane's back. Okay, so I think it was Wednesday night. I, I told you about Kyle's friend, John. Uh, his wife found him. He was unconscious. Uh, they were going to put him in that cool down unit. They, they bring him along hypothermia. And, and all, they tried to use all kinds of extraordinary means. Not only uh, his wife and he have the two and a half year old, but she is pregnant with a child and he died only 32 years of age. So uh, Kyle, I, I don't know if you talked to Kyle. Kyle has a good way of putting his emotions down, but he's really struggling. And I, I can imagine, can't you, as somebody he worked with, they kind of grew up in the tech area together. And when you work with somebody every day, they're young and vibrant, and then they just die. Uh, that's extraordinary. So uh, remember um, Abby, uh, his wife, but also Kyle and those that were co-workers. Uh, Landon, any news on Landon who went to Labonner? Anybody know Tiffany Nix at UAB following surgery. How's Nicole? Yes. She, she's still uh, trying to pass the kid. Oh, no. Okay. Still suffering. Okay, Maddie Jones. You may or may not know her. She is Cassie Stewart's really good friend. Uh, she's been attending with us for, wow, it's been a while. And uh, the other day, her son was shot dead in his backyard. And uh, only, again, a young person. But uh, Maddie is just going through very difficult time, unexpected. So just please remember Maddie and her family. 
and then Todd English's aunt. Sorry, I didn't make that connection. Okay, you have anybody else that you want to be praying for? Let's have our prayer and then we'll begin our Bible study together. And thank you so much for being here. Our Father in heaven, thank you for your blessings today. A great day and a day that's been filled with lots of activities. Uh, all of us just been busy and we're thankful that we can now just kind of settle down, spend time together with our church family and to study together. And we just thank you for the privilege that is the assembling of the saints together. We thank you for hearing our prayers, which has been evidenced by the return of so many of our sick or afflicted members. And we, we just praise you for that. We, Lord, know of others we've been talking about here who have circumstances that have rendered them homebound or enduring treatments, and we're praying, Lord, if it's your will, that you'll bring recovery to them. We pray for Irene Baker. We pray that she and her family will just have good quality days. We pray for Martha. We pray your blessings on her foot that it will be completely healed and she will have freedom of movement again. But we praise you for her extraordinary recovery already. Bless Austin Wentz, who's undergoing an incredible series of treatments. We pray they're successful and he can bear up under it. Bless Ann Stevens and Don Dawson, who are not well. Bless the Davis family, especially Sue, in Wade's disappearance. We just pray your special comfort during this time that stresses so much family gatherings. We pray for Carolyn that she'll have a full recovery. Bless Bobby Petty as he undergoes his treatments for cancer. We ask your blessings on Kelby Smith that he'll have good days. Bless Cody McGee as he recovers from his surgery. Bless Vanessa Williams in her battle with leukemia. We pray your blessings on Eric Fitzsimmons. And we pray that a treatment, some medication, something can be done to free up his arteries. Lord, we... We pray for Chopper that he will find some relief and we pray this new series of tests is going to reveal whatever the problem is and that it can be treated. We pray for Larry Kennedy who has the mass in his shoulder. We pray that it will be determined just what it is and what the right course of treatment is. Bless Cassie Stewart and her recovery. Bless Danny Ramdahl and his treatment. Bless Cheryl Hoffman that she can be free from pain. 
We're thankful that Linda is back with us, but we pray that her recovery will be full and that uh, this ordeal will be a thing of the past very soon and she'll have freedom of movement. Bless Van Roberts, who has pancreatic cancer. Bless Paul Rollison, who has brain cancer. We pray your blessings on Reed Sparks as he tries to navigate his life without his legs. Bless Lex Crossan, who has a lot of health issues. Juanel Thompson and Elsie as he provides for her. We pray for Betty Lauderdale's family in her death. Bless Pat Cooper that her test will reveal exactly what's causing her problems. She can get treated. We pray that Dorothy is doing better, and we pray she can be back with us soon. Help Norma to have good days, and just protect her from further harm. We pray for Tony Presley in his battle with leukemia. We're glad Diane's back. We pray that uh, her circumstances get better, and bless her as she anticipates uh, additional eye surgery uh, in the coming uh, weeks. We pray for the Brown family, Lord, in John's unexpected death. We pray for Abby and for just the extraordinary circumstances she finds herself in now with a child to care for and a, a baby on the way. We pray her family can be encouragement to her. Pray the church will find a way to reach out to her and that just something can be done to, to help them uh, get through this incredible tragedy. And I pray for Kyle and any of his other co-workers as they try to make some sense of it all. I pray for Landon and that he can get treatment he needs for the seizure that he had. Bless Tiffany Nix and her follow-up surgery. Bless Nicole Estes. As she suffers with the kidney stones, we pray that will pass soon. We pray for Maddie Jane Jones in the death of her son, Kirby Carpenter. Again, a circumstance that is unbelievable. And we just, we pray that uh, his assailant will be caught and that justice will be served. And we pray for Maddie's comfort. Pray for Albert in his broken foot. We pray it's going to heal okay. And we, we pray and get the, the care that he needs. And we pray for Marty Woodruff, who is battling cancer. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless us now as we continue our study of leadership. And now as we transition into a time of uh, thinking about what's necessary in the life of one who leads us. I pray that you'll help us to be understanding, open-minded, help us to try to grasp what it is you're trying to show us in these qualifications. And more than that, I guess, beyond the understanding, help us to find those men and help those, the, the men that are sitting in this room in the hearing of, of this prayer. I pray that you'll motivate uh, all of them uh, to to rise up in this important time. And I pray for our ladies as well, that in their homes, in their circumstances, they can be the kind of influence that they need to be. Just challenge us, but motivate us too. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to transition.
more to what is expected in leaders. That's really the point of all of this. We're wanting to find among us those who are going to step up, whether it's immediately or sometime down the road. You need, whoever you are, you need to align your life with what the Bible says is God's expectation of you. And, and here's the thing. Whether or not you end up qualifying as an elder or a deacon or some other kind of leader in this church, the fact is that God is in expectation that all of us are going to be aspiring to the better qualities. Yes, I mean, it, this isn't just for those who seek positions in the church or to fill a, a servant role. All of us, I'm going to think, as we go through some of these qualifying attributes, all of us need to measure ourselves against what God is expecting his children to be. Now, we're going to break this into two different parts. There'll be a kind of an introductory study before we look at the qualifications themselves, but we're going to talk about elders in their leadership role, but we're also going to talk about deacons in their servant role. This is not to pick on anybody. If I were picking, I'd just, you know, identify people and say, hey, you. <laughs> we're just wanting to know what the Bible says. Isn't that what we want to know always? What does the Bible have to say about this? That way, it's not my opinion or your opinion. It's not political. We just, we want to find out what the Bible has to say about things. Now, next week, I'm not going to be here, but Doug's going to be teaching this class. He's going to talk some degree about the level of experience that's necessary in our Christian growth. That'll be a little bit of a takeoff over, off of this main trunk that we're on, but it's a necessary one. I kind of like, kind of like the breaks a little bit. We're going to sink our teeth, then we're going to have time to kind of let it ruminate a bit. Now, this first idea that leaders must lead. Where's my reader? Okay, Judges chapter 5, verse 2. You guys are going to love this text. Judges 5 and verse 2. While he's getting that, I'll tell you, this is a part of the song of Deborah. You remember Deborah and Barak, what happened with them? Were they great leaders? Yes. And by the way, she is a, she's a female, <laughs> right? A female. Uh, Barak's going to, he's going to languish as a leader of the military because the women in this story are the ones who get all of the attention. But I love this text. Okay, Hollywood, take off. Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. Okay, what translation is that? This is the New King James Version. It is? You said 5 2? Yeah, it's Judges five. 5, verse 2. Yep. Okay, uh, read the first section again. Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel. Yes. When the people. Willingly offered themselves. Okay. How was Israel avenged? What happened? What did the leaders do? Leaders. It starts with an L. Ends with a D and has an E-A in it. Leaders lead. Praise God for that. Yes? 
But what was the second part of that? What do the people do? The people offer themselves how? Willingly. Willingly. Okay, let's notice this. The one will always follow the other. If leaders will get out there and lead, then people who are followers will do what? They will follow. Now, I know this seems like a simple principle, but this has got to be the principle that we grasp, okay? Because this principle will solve a lot of problems that exist in churches. If the leaders will get out there and lead, and we are committed as followers, then what will all of us begin to do? We will start, we will start moving, will we not? We will be moving as followers because we're following the people who are in the lead. When the leaders lead and the people willingly offer themselves, then ask yourself this question. Who is it that gets the glory? Is it the leaders? Shake your head this way. Is it the followers? No, it is not. Who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Bless the Lord. Okay? We got that principle? Now, you say, hmm, yeah, I, I, I got that, but I don't know. Leading, if you're out there in the front, not only is everybody kind of looking at you, but when you make the wrong decision, they won't follow. Wait, stop. Wait, stop. When the leaders lead, now we're not just talking about them kind of getting together and say, you know what, the Lord said this, we're going to do this instead. Not that. I'm talking about biblical leadership. Biblical leadership is going to be governed by who? We saw this from 1 Peter 5 last week. The chief shepherd, right? The chief shepherd. So as he has dictated, when we follow what the chief shepherd has laid out, if the leaders will lead that way and the people follow it, then good things are going to happen. So, so don't, don't say, well, if, you know, if I make the wrong decision, what, aren't we being governed by the will of God? Yes, nod your head this way. And if we are, then what is there to fear? Other than, well, I made a decision based on the, on the scriptures and people don't like it. Whoa, well, what'd they do to Jesus? Okay, they crucified him. They're not most likely not gonna crucify you. And they may not like it. However, if it's biblical and the followers have made the determination that they're going to follow and submit to leadership, then what are we still gonna be able to do? Aren't we still gonna be able to move? Because there's not gonna be a mutiny, yes? Nod your head this way. We, we, we are not in the business of mutinizing. These who are in leadership positions governed by the will of God are just standing in the place of if Jesus were here saying this is what we're going to do. Because if it's God's will, then whose will is it? Is it, is it the leader's will? Not unless we say just by accommodation, well, their will is committed to the Lord's will. Okay, peace. We're all in this together. We're all wanting to go to heaven. We want to have leaders who are committed. Now, Moses, Moses is an interesting study in terms of 
moving into a position of leadership. Because you remember initially when God tapped him on the shoulder for leadership at the age of 80, what did he say? He said, I'm ready now. No, at 40, he said, I'm ready. I'm so ready, I will kill for it. And he did, right? And then what happened to everybody? Whoa, no. 40 years later, out there taking care of sheep, now God says, you're ready. And Moses says what? Get somebody else. (laughs) Not me. Hey, number one on my list of disqualification is I can't communicate with people. And so what did God do? I'll get you somebody. And who was it? None other than his his own brother. You notice that Moses didn't go very far using Aaron. (laughs) I don't know if it's the pressure of a brother speaking up for him or what, but ultimately Moses became his own spokesman. But you know, that, that whole position of leadership and now I do feel empowered by God and yeah, the people are with me and they're following me and boy, I just, you know, this thing is going well and I'm just going to ride this as long as I can before long. You know what happened to Moses? Moses got burnt out. And I want you to look at Exodus chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Okay, so what happens is his father-in-law comes along. Now, I don't know what your father-in-law was like, but my father-in-law was very much like Jethro was to Moses. My father-in-law always had great advice. He'd see something, he'd say, hey, have you thought about this? He would be able to say it in such a way as to not offend, right? And that's how Jethro is. Jethro sees that problems have developed and he offers suggestions as to what you do. So what he tells Moses is, you shouldn't be doing this all by yourself. You need help because... Many helpers will do what to that load that you're carrying? Will lighten it. Will lighten it. Okay, will you read the text for us? Exodus 18, 21, 22. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. Oh, stop. Okay, number one, we're looking for able, able men. Okay, all right. Such as fear God. Stop. Oh, you know now. Fear, you writing this down? Okay, keep going. Men of truth. Men of truth. Okay. Hating covetousness. Okay. And place such over them to be rulers of thousands. Okay. Finish that and up. rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Okay. Do you see something great here in this text? Have you ever noticed it before? This isn't just Jethro saying, eh. Jethro is actually giving Moses advice that, well, do you recognize any of these characteristics? These are actually generally characteristics that we find in, pardon? 
Acts chapter 6 with regard to, some call them deacons, but if they weren't actually deacons, they were certainly the precursors to deacons. They were given the responsibility of taking care of the Grecian widows. Uh, who else does this generally describe? Elders in the church. So let's think about this. What does it mean, I want to find an able man? What is an able man? He's, he, he is able to work. He's able to do it. He's willing and, and I like that. He is willing and able. I am capable to meet the task that is before me. So Moses, you're not the only one. You know, you may think, well, I got this thing going, but it's wearing you out. How about let's seek from among us men who are also capable of doing the work. The work. What does it mean to fear God? What does that describe about them? It's the respect, it's the reverence. Who is number one? Who calls the shots? Who is it we're going to listen to? I'm just going to kind of come up with my... No. As God has spoken, as God has willed, that's how I'm going. Yes? Okay. Number three, men of truth. What does that mean? Don't know. <laughs> well, that's truthful. <laughs> okay. Not a liar. Um... And, and there's, a, there's a whole big category of that. Not just that I am a truthful person, but you know what I love? Truth. I love truth. In fact, when we look into the um, descriptions that are given about elders in Titus, we're going to find out that an elder is one who loves good things. In other words, the idea is I don't surround myself with bad things. You can identify this guy in one way, but just looking at the kind of stuff that's around him, what gravitates toward this man. You're going to find that it's good stuff. He's just a good person and he's constantly surrounded by good things. And this is, okay, don't think that this comes out of the blue because especially I'm thinking in our time, but apparently it's been true all time. People... Men who hated covetousness. What is covetousness? It is a form of idolatry. What else? I want what you have. Why is that a problem with a leader? Okay. They should be setting the right example. Yes. And, and kind of not looking back at everything else, right? If you are covetous, what does that mean about your general disposition? Are you satisfied? It's very selfish. I'm not satisfied with where I am. And if you're not satisfied to the extent that, that you desire inordinately the things of other people, the biggest hook in that is you will do whatever it takes to get it. Yes, is that a problem with leaders in relation to their followers? Absolutely it is. And if you mistreat one follower, what's that going to do with your reputation? Okay, it, probably crush it. But, okay, covetousness is going to be a, that's one of our, our big ones with regard to our, our elders and our deacons as well. And then he says, uh, you get those guys and then you see that they then, and then he breaks it down into groups. The idea is, Moses, this doesn't really stop with you, right? You're going to find leaders 
that meet these qualifications. And then you're going to teach them to delegate and to break this thing on down. So it isn't just going to be a top tier level. We're looking for a lot of people to fill in to make this work easier, to make it flow, to take the edge off of it. You don't have to carry all the weight. And then the more serious issues you can deal with. Let all these other people help bear up under this burden. To delegate is another selfless thing. I mean, if you think about it, what I'm saying is I'm sharing what I have, this work, with you. For some people, delegation is very difficult because they want to hang on to that work. Okay, exactly. That's the sense of being self-willed. Absolutely right. Okay, so great advice in the time of Moses. Question, was Moses a great leader? Did that work out for Moses? Yes, it did. Did that very same thing work out for Joshua? Yes, it did. But you remember our study of Joshua. Joshua did great. The generation of people that were with him did great. Everybody in their place. But when that generation died off, what happened? They did not know the Lord nor the works that he had done for Israel. So this is, and, and here's, here's one, one reason, not all the reasons, but here's one reason I really love our elders right now. And that is they have said, we need this, right? We need to think about the future. We need to be putting people in place for the future. So if you're within the hearing of this, we're talking about you. When we seek out these people, that that should be you. Or at least it should be you aspiring to be that. Yes? Yes. Okay, so we want our leaders to lead. And we're talking about some grave responsibility. Okay, we're going to look at some texts together that are pretty significant. Acts, and you can go ahead and turn to this one. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 2 to 4. And then Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Okay? Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto, your, take heed therefore unto yourselves. And okay, let, stop right there. Thank you. Who does a leader look to first? One. If you don't have your act right, how are you going to help anybody else? Yes? What did Jesus say to do about plank or speck removal? I gave it away. (laughs) Get the plank out of your own eye first. Then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Yes? So get your house in order. When was Ezra ready to teach the people? Ezra 7.10, he prepared his heart. That's the first thing he did. Prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it then to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Was he ready to start first day? No, get yourself right. So they got self right. Continue. And to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Okay, stop there. This was one of our terms from last time. Overseers. Now they're overseeing the flock, which means the responsibility is to do what? Take care of myself first, but I'm also now 
I'm taking care of the flock. A flock, is that one sheep or? Okay, well, just for us, look amongst us. We're the flock, right? So far as this location is concerned, these are the people that the elders, those in position of authority, would be caring for. Okay, keep going. To feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Okay, is this important to the Lord? Listen, this is not, this is not a game or, or some kind of joke. Why do we need leaders in the church? To lead. Why do we need that? Okay, absolutely right. We don't want to be the last generation of the Boonville Church of Christ, do we? No. We want to see that the truth continues for how long? Forever, thank you. Yeah, until the end of time. Uh, we do not want to be that generation that drops the ball. We want to see to it that the church that Jesus purchased with his own... Jesus died for the church. And you can make that individual, yeah, he, he died for me, right? The blood was shed, uh, was washed in the waters of baptism. That's when I was washed with the blood. Peace. But when you obeyed and you were saved, what did the Lord do to you? Acts 2, 4 to 7, he added you to the church, did he not? He, by virtue of the shedding of his blood, he purchased the church. Jesus did that. So absolutely it's important. It has the greatest value associated with it of anything that any human could experience. That's the church. I hear about these ball teams. We're going to sell uh, such and such a ball team. I, I think they were talking about the, the Washington ball team for, I don't know, $10 billion dollars. Okay, guess what's more important and worth more than that? The church. Jesus shed his blood for the church. Okay, is that a grave responsibility for any elder who finds himself leading that which Jesus purchased with his own blood? Nod your head this way. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 4. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Okay, stop right there. Feed them. What does that mean? We're doing that right now. The feeding is not physical, it is spiritual. We are ingesting the Word of God. Is it a heavy, grave responsibility to be certain that God's truth is being presented? Absolutely, because what, what depends on that? Our souls. The elder's responsibility is to watch for our souls. So we're going to feed the flock of God which is among you. What? Taking the oversight thereof. Oversight is the same as what? Yeah, you see this word over here? Overseer? Same. Overseeing oversight. Okay. Not by constraint. But Not by what? Constraint. Okay. Ken, you're just forcing me to be an elder. Boo-hoo. I am not. No. Nobody's forcing anybody to do anything. Yes, but if the Lord puts a heavy burden on your heart, then peace. Thank you, Lord. Okay? But you don't do it because you have to do it or you're forced into it. Nothing like that is happening. Yes? Okay, keep. But willingly. Willingly. Which means you what? You remember 1 Timothy chapter 3? What is the first thing that a bishop has to do? Desire. It's a desire for the position. Okay, continue. Not for filthy lucre. Whoops. 
that sounds very much like another attribute we saw a moment ago. What? This one right here. Covetousness. Okay. Filthy lucre is not liquor. Not filthy liquor. Money or material things. Okay. But of a ready mind. Ready mind. Now, this isn't just, uh, I like the word of God kind of thing. This is, I've set my mind to this task. This has become, in effect, my passion, okay? My passion is this. I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because I think I'm going to get something out of it. I can't not do it. And the reason why is because I am convicted that this is what God wants me to do. Oh, I like that. I'm convicted because it's what God wants me to do, okay? Neither as being lords over God's heritage. Okay, stop right there. Not lords uh, over God's heritage. What's a heritage? It's kind of like your, your, if it were your family, it would be your descendants. It's kind of like what is coming next. It's, it's the value of it moving forward. Well, the Lord's going to be here with the church for how long? You know, all of us are probably going to die off eventually before the Lord returns. I don't know. If he comes back tomorrow, great. But if he lingers and we all die, we're hoping that the church, the Lord's heritage will continue. Yes. But he says, what was that again? Neither as being lords over God's Not heritage. Not to be a lord over what God has invested in. Now you say, well, Ken, uh, a little bit ago, and we'll see this in, in the Hebrews text. He told them to be rulers. But to be a ruler is not to be a lording over situation. It's actually leading them. Remember the illustration that we used with Luther? My only volunteer, by the way. Uh, as we held that rope together, how do you move forward? By pushing it? No, but by, by leading it along. Yes? Okay. Uh, finish the text, please. But by, by being examples to the flock. Okay. Examples. Which means that, question, who is living the thing first? The leaders. The leaders. You heard that story about um, these, these hikers were going up a mountain and... In a little bit, here come these little Boy Scouts come flying down that trail, kind of bumping into one another, even hit one of those hikers, and they just flew and just like a cloud of dust. And then about 10 minutes, here come the little scout leaders. And the scout leaders say, hey, did you see any little scouts coming down here? We're their leaders. That's not how it works, is it? No, of course not. Leaders supposed to be where? We've already learned this. They're supposed to be out front, out front leading. We're not behind trying to catch up all the time. We're setting the pace. The followers are going to commit to do what? Can we're going to follow? Okay, the followers are going to do what? We're going to follow. But the leaders have to be committed to. Lead. So we say, don't we? We say, lead us. Yes? Let's just try that on for size. Lead us. Okay, good for you. All right. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. 
fingers do the walking here. So. You've got us in great suspense. Obey them that have the rule over you. Stop. Obey. What would be another word for obey? This is a trick question. <laughs> uh, really? There's, I, I was talking to Billy Lambert one time and I said, you know what another word for such and such is? And then he said the same word back to me. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's right. You know what another good word for obey is? There isn't one. It, it is to obey. Um, what JT said was submit. Same, same idea. We are to, if we're going to follow, that means if they lead and we're following, then we are, we're obeying, we're submitting, we're, we're giving ourselves over to that leadership. Can you imagine what it would have been like if God designated Moses, he's going to lead the people, but they wouldn't follow. How's that going to work? Is that going to turn out to be a, the beautiful story that we have in the Bible? No. So the people have to lead who've committed themselves to, or, uh, the people have to follow in commitment to those who are in the leadership position. Okay, so we're going to obey, what else? And submit yourselves. Okay, read the whole verse. For they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Okay, they watch out for your soul, they're going to give an account for the way in which they watch out for your soul. So when they serve, our commitment as followers of those who are leading ought to be that we let them do it with joy and not with grief. Because that would be unprofitable for you. Do, do you see how that would be? If, if we make it a miserable thing for our leaders to lead us, how long are they going to want to lead? Not very long. And once the leaders are gone, what happens? Chaos. Well, it starts with a, a, a big chaos. <laughs> we will have chaos. The sheep then will be scattered and we will be victimized by a hungry lion. So we commit ourselves to the leaders. The leaders lead according to the will of God, not, nothing special there. They're committed to doing the Lord's work. We follow those leaders who are committed to that and then they can count on us as we move along together. Yes? Yes. Let's have a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for your word and for the simple way it instructs us. Thank you, Lord, for the leaders that we have now who have brought us to this place. And I pray, Father, that the foresight that they have about the future will be realized among our generation, that we will be able to take up the mantle and to be able to carry your church into a new generation of time. We pray, Father, that you'll motivate us in the church here in Boonville to be all that you have called us to be. And as we go through the, the qualifications of these men, I pray, Lord, whether we're seeking qualification ourselves or not, that we will so live our lives as to reflect the very best of what you want us to be as Christians. Lord, if, if we failed in that up to this point, I pray that just right now in this moment that you will accept our, um, our confession of that mistake and that we will recommit ourselves to be the best we can be moving forward. Thank you for your patience and thank you for your grace and mercy and love and all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.